What's up, y'all? It's finals week, but we're still here plugging away on Packers Life Sports Show. We Pre- probably should be studying, we but sh- we are still here remaining faithful to the listeners of this show. Hey, I'm three finals down, two to go, not another one till Monday. I'm two so. down, four to go, so keep me in your prayers if you don't mind. <laughs> but- thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Yeah, we're plugging away here. I was not going to miss this show today for the world. It is like a very, like a a gray day outside. I yeah. don't know. I'm one of those people that when the sun's not out, I'm just not feeling it as much. It reflects the mood of everybody on this campus right now. Except I really for us believe right that. now on Packers Life Sports Show. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> woo! All right, let's get this right. rolling. What is on the docket today, John? We're definitely going to talk some pro basketball. Going to talk some Hornets. Uh... Hornets are currently nine and thirteen right now, not doing so yeah. great. But definitely, definitely going to talk some Hornets. Going to talk some Carolina Panthers. We have a big game coming up on Sunday, men's and women's basketball for NC State, as well as where the pack will be headed in their bowl selection this mm-hmm. year for football. We're going to talk some volleyball, women's golf, wrestling, swimming and diving, and the beginning of track and field season. So, oh, yeah. got a lot planned for you. Heck yeah, y'all! Track and field season All started, right. and right. we are really, really good. I can say heck. We can do that. Oh, I know. It's We're just good at weird. it. And just to kick it off, track and field, we have a guy who, th- who throws for us, Joshua Davis. In the most recent meet, he broke his own all-time NC State record in the men's shot put. Yeah, he threw it uh, 76 feet 3 inches, which is 23.24 meters. That absolutely shatters his record. Um, Nobody else in the event threw for more than 20 meters. Yeah, and that... Just to show you how dominant he is. That won him, wait for it, the U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association National Athlete of the Week. If you want that shortened to an acronym, it is USTFCCCA, National Athlete of the Week. (laughs) You know what? That probably would look good on a t-shirt or something. Honestly, yeah. So overall, the pack total... We should should make those, along with Pack is Life Sports Show t-shirts. We should make those. I did get a logo from a friend of mine. If you guys want some of those t-shirts, then you should follow us on Twitter for more information at Pack is Life NCSU. Hey, if you're interested in a t-shirt, like you could just tweet at us. Like I feel like, yeah, we could get that rolling. Absolutely. I think right now, me and you would be the only people that would wear t-shirts at this probably, point. Probably. Friends and family as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta promote the show. Yeah. And so overall, uh, the pack totaled 10 ACC Indoor Championship qualifying marks. So what that means is these athletes, since it's timed, all these events are timed and measured in distance or time. So they can qualify themselves at any point during the season to say, this mark is good enough to play in the ACC championship. Yeah, I think that's uh, one of the great things about track and field. As It's very similar to swimming in that the only thing you're really racing is the clock. Now, or um, yourself, yeah. Exactly, or yourself. You're trying to get a specific time so that uh, when you get to the championship meet, then it's all about uh, beating the, other, the rest of the competition. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you place as long as you get that time for ACC championships. That's going to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and uh, the the other track and field athletes, Tyson Fortenberry, uh, got the stay, the got the day started for the pack in the shot put. He recorded a mark of sixteen point twenty two meters, which is nowhere near Davis, but Davis won the athlete of the week for the whole country. But uh, Fortenberry placed third at the meet in his collegiate debut, so that's some really good stuff from the pack. On the women's side, Lauren Evans represented NC State in the shot put, and she uh, got second in the competition, throwing. 15.05 meters, a mark well above the ACC indoor qualifying standard. So she's already in the ACC championship as well. Yeah, she set a new personal record, placed uh, first overall in the weight throw, um, throwing 20.62 meters, and that mark ranks second all-time on the NC State top 10 list. Goodness so we gracious. have a pair of very good shot putters on our track and field team this year. Keep an eye out for that. I was legitimately excited. I've been uh, checking up on track and field um, all all year since we've been doing this show. Wanted oh, to yeah. talk about it, and the season started up. I was stoked, man. I loved I love track and field. I did it in high school. I mean, I wasn't like a track star or anything. Brag, no, man. I mean it was one of those teams where they don't have a cut because they can't get enough people to try oh. out. So you know that's why I was on the team. But it's just um, you know so many different. It's things. really why you're on the show too. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. No, I'm okay. just playing. I wouldn't do the show with anybody else. That's hard to come back from that. But <laughs> All right, so let's move on. The, fu- the fun thing about track and field is there's a lot to talk about. There's sprints, there's jumps, there's other stuff. So with sprints, Gabrielle Cunningham posted an ACC qualifying marks of 7.45 and 7.42 seconds in her races in the 60-meter dash in the prelims and finals, respectively. Her mark of four point a seven point forty two was first place in just point oh three seconds off of her school record that she set last season at seven point thirty nine. Yeah, that's really impressive to do in the first meet of the season. Honestly, uh, just being ready for that, uh, yeah. you have to think by the end of the season she's gonna um, beat that record for sure in the sixty meters, which is like a lightning quick event if you've ever seen it. I mean, seven point three nine seconds. That's yeah, the 40-yard dash is run by NFL players in a good range, four and a half seconds. Yeah, exactly. And Man. it's just it's just so quick, honestly, this race. It's one of my favorites. And Super fast. <laughs> Janelle Pate finished fourth in the uh, 60 meters finals, posting a mark of 7.58 in her first race with the Wolfpack, so making the debut there. On the men's side, uh, Cravant Charleston was the pack's top finisher in the 60 meters. He ran marks of 6.8. 77 and 6.75 seconds in the prelims and finals where he finished second overall. Yeah, as well, uh, Shannon Patterson, 6.87, and Dylan Peebles, 6.88, also posted ACC indoor qualifying marks in prelims at the season opening meet. So that's very strong. NC State with three runners on the men's side in the mm-hmm. in the 60 meters getting ACC times in the very first meet of the yeah, season. Yeah, that's probably going to continue our trend of sending teams to the postseason as we did for every single fall sport, yes. y'all. One of I think it could happen for the winter sports as well. Yeah. I mean, I think the Let's only say track and field, basketball, volleyball and wrestling. Swimming too. Yeah, volleyball is a fall sport. Yeah, swimming yeah. and wrestling. Swim- swimming is technically uh, fall and spring, so year round. But it's it's basically a winter sport because it it goes year round. But yeah, it goes year round. All yes, right. exactly. So other stuff in the track and field. Uh, yeah, the pack women claimed third place in the four by four, and the men won the four by four, beating NCANT by point zero two seconds. That's Ooh. incredibly close for a um a four by four hundred race. Which, if you know anything about track and field, the four hundred is probably the hardest event to run because it's the longest sprint event. So 4 by 400 4 by 400 means that each of them ran a 400. Yes, exactly. For some reason my mind was thinking that one, was one lap four around. people ran the 100, but that would be the oh. 4 by 100. Yeah, that would be the 4 by 1. The 4 by 2 is half a lap. The 4 mm-hmm. by 4 is one lap past the baton, one lap past the baton. So, so after so three times passing the baton, we only won by 0.2 seconds. Yes. Incredibly close, honestly. Yeah, considering it changed hands three times. Mm -hmm. So the relays was pretty exciting. But the great thing about the 4x4, just to continue on this, is that um, they're staggered at the start because the first lap, um, you have to have lanes. Oh, yeah. But after that, then you can move to the middle, just like on the mile run, which is the 1600. So these these runners were running neck and neck the whole time. They uh, didn't have their own lanes. Most of the time, they're like right exactly behind each other. Only the first runners have to stay in their lanes. And then uh, once the second runners get halfway through their lap, then they can shift over the lane. That seems like that would be pretty intense. For all... Wow. Yeah, I... four by four is one of the most exciting events at track. All right, but... so other stuff going on at track. Uh, True Fresh in, in the jumping. True Fresh and a- Ashley Ho made her NC State, NC State debut clearing 1.65 meters, which is five feet, five inches in the women's high jump. And she placed third at the meet in her debut. And um, also in the jumps on the women's side, Michelle Cobb has already qualified for the ACC Indoor Championships nice. in the triple jump, and she won gold on Saturday afternoon. Um, she placed first with a mark of 39 feet, 11.25 inches, or 12 meters in her college debut. That's very impressive. Goodness gracious. So for clarification, the triple jump is that weird thing where they take these one, two, Three, like, really big steps, and yes. then wherever they land, that's their triple jump. Yes, exactly. It's it's literally three jumps. Kind of like what Russell Westbrook, when he does, when he drives to the basket. One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> that's a good one. Or all NBA <laughs> players, for that matter. Pretty much, yeah. But triple jump, um, it's, re- it's really weird looking, because when you land, you can only land with one foot, and then you have to jump off that foot. Okay, yeah. And so it's... 
usually you would jump off your strong foot on the first jump, land on your weaker foot, and then jump back, and then go off your stronger foot again for the very last jump. That makes a lot of sense. And to yeah. do that in 39 feet, of course, Giannis you know, gets from half court and dunks yeah. it in one dribble. Honestly, and I would love to see Giannis do the triple jump just because of how tall and they should do that all-star, athletic he is. All-Star weekend, they should have all the NBA athletes. Oh, man, athletes like a track do. meet. Yeah, they should do a track meet with that all the NBA athletes. That would be unbelievable. Dennis would... Smith would win the high jump, man. That's an incredible idea, actually. Man, you really, really you think so? Yes. All right. I do, yeah. I got to write that down before who, I forget Who do you it. think would win the 100 meters out of the oh, NBA? John Wall. Yeah, okay, thank you. That's what I was going to say. I think, I mean, obviously the fastest in the league, but him and Russell Westbrook, very close. But Russell Westbrook, I think, is pretty explosive. I don't know about that top-end speed. I feel like John Wall I might say, have Yeah, him. I agree with you, John Wall. But, but yeah. anyway, we digress. <laughs> in the real track and field, uh, Michelle, yeah, you talked about Michelle Cobb. Okay, mm-hmm. so Christopher Garrick, was the final competitor for the men's jump crew, and he placed second overall at the meet, clearing six feet, 10 inches, 0.75 inches to secure his spot early for the ACC championship. So again, almost all of our uh, track and field athletes are qualifying for the ACC championship, yeah. and the season just started. So yeah. y'all, we are really good at this, okay? Yeah. We got this sports stuff <laughs> down. And the rankings haven't come out yet for track and mm-hmm. field, but I mean... Even if we're not ranked, uh, NC State's still getting off to a very good start in the track and field season. Um, continuing with the indoor season, mm-hmm. Ellie Haynes ran her indoor 5K. All-American and, for the cross-country. Yes, we talked all-American for the cross-country team. Uh, she ran her 5K time, 15 minutes, 49 seconds. That is the second fastest mark in program history. And this, this girl just came off of the cross-country season. Yes. She's been training for cross-country all semester. Well, to and be she, fair, 5K is cross country. It's just it's a outdoor. slightly different. Yeah, it's event. a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's outdoor. This is indoor. But I mean, usually the transition from outdoor to indoor is pretty mm-hmm. easy, and it's the the other way around is very. So, do they always but, set these marks in the in the beginning of the season? I mean, this is the second fastest in program history. She beat her mom's time. Her yeah. mom, the coach of the cross country team, Lori Haynes. So that record, I'm assuming her mom raced he, raced here a good time ago. Now that her daughter's racing here, so that record stood under her, for, yeah, since she's the stood coach. for at least twenty years ish. Yeah, that's 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 a great legacy. Honestly, it's just a good story to keep hearing. We got about, one but... family in cross country and track and field guys, <laughs> and we're really good with them. The Haynes family, but she did finish seventh overall at the meet with some of the fastest runners in the country. Yeah, there were a couple um, runners that, meet was that at were... Boston University. By the way, forgot to mention that. Yeah, a couple of those runners that competed there were like national team runners. So where she finished, like you talked about before, it's not as much where you finish as what your time was. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, freshman Dominique Clermonte, of course she was killing it for cross country, made her uh, uh, indoor track and field debut along with Beth Tay. Uh, Clermonte finished 17th in the event, and her time ranks 10th on the program's all-time top 10 list, and uh Tay clocked a time of 16 minutes, 38 seconds in her first race in uniform for NC State. And up next for NC State, they will wrap up December competition at the Hoosier Open that is hosted by Indiana University up in Bloomington. Um, assistant coach Tom Wood will bring his top throwers to the meet, and that is set for Friday, December 8th. So, go Pack. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I, December 8th always sticks in my head because that's, that's a holiday for in the Catholic Church. Oh, so okay. That's why I always think, like, December 8th, I always go, there's a holiday on that day for me. I don't remember. I do not know. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Moving on. So swimming and diving. The rankings came out this week, the most recent updated rankings. Yeah. How are we looking? The men moved up a little bit. The women moved back down just a little bit, but still top 15 in both. Mm-hmm. Men ranked number three in the country. Um, the women are ranked number 14 in the country in the latest poll. Um, next up for NC State, there's been no um, no meets since we last covered them. Uh, they have the Winter National Championships in Greensboro, December 13th through 19th. So it's not that far of a drive. If you want to go support the pack, that's the National Championships in North Carolina. So, Goodness gracious. Yeah, I mean, we are the best state. And I will go on record saying this. We are the best state. For basketball and swimming competition. There's we have a lot of talent that comes out of North Carolina in swimming as well. Yeah. Ab- oh, yeah, absolutely. The Raleigh-Durham um, area is just unbelievable for swimming talent. And, I mean, basketball as well. Hoop state. But, yeah, I, yeah. I would like pool state. We're the pool state. <laughs> like pool college of business at NC State? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so men rank number one in the ACC, women number three in the ACC. So uh, get excited for spring season. That's when ACC meets begin, and we will get to go up against some great teams like Virginia and Louisville. I'm looking forward to the national championships. Oh, yeah. But moving on, because we've actually talked a while about track and field. That was fun. Yeah. So (laughs) moving on, wrestling. We moved up again in the rankings. We're number six in the country. Yeah, we um we went up against Chattanooga this weekend. Uh we won ten nothing every single bout. NC State uh won either by decision or by pen. Uh Tommy Cox got a second period pen. We went up six nothing there. Uh Tariq Wilson, Kevin Jack won by major decisions. Uh Bo Donahue also won by decision. Pete Renda won two one um in his pens against a nationally ranked um mm-hmm. A nationally ranked competitor from Chattanooga, uh, Michael Machiavellio. Machiavellio, yeah, I said that right. Uh, scored. He's part of the mafia. I know two, it. No, no, don't say that. Machiavellio. Oh, that's definitely no, a mafia he, he's name. A, he's a philos- a philosopher from the 15th century. Okay, I can go with that too. Yeah, I think it's both. <laughs> he's he's a time traveler now. But uh, he's a redshirt freshman. He scored an eight-two win. That's his second straight win. Mm-hmm. And Malik McDonald tapped it off with a pin in the heavyweight section. So number six ranked Wolfpack getting work done, not losing a single bout. Ten and zero over the weekend. Ten and zero. Every time someone says Chattanooga, I think of the the Alan Jackson song. Is it uh, Chattahoochee? Oh my gosh, it's a great song. Please, no, it's not. It is a great. song. It is not a great. I always okay. think of that song. Do not go now listen you're to that song. Of it. Yeah, I'm thinking of it. Of course, it's a terrible it. song. It's a great song. It's <laughs> All a right. classic. Summertime classic. But moving on, as <laughs> not we, summertime. Uh, <laughs> it's always summertime. Okay. For, it's always time for summertime music. <laughs> mm. All right, women's golf. Um, we had a former women's golfer. So she golfed in NC State and she graduated in 2014. But she has been selected to be a conditional golfer for the LPGA Tour. Yeah, uh, Brittany Marchand uh, selected, as Ben said, uh, to be a conditional golfer on the LPGA Tour. What it basically means is that um, she's on the tour, but she's more like a reserve, if you will. Like if um, if enough people say no, she's going to get the offer. Yes, basically, because every tournament um, you give the the top players the option if they want to mm-hmm. play, and all the way down. So if there are enough spots open after um, basically all the options have been exhausted, then she'll have the option to play. But still, nonetheless, it's a great achievement. Professional the, golfer, nonetheless. Professional golf, not just professional, but on the LPGA tour, because I mean, there's. A couple tours of professional golf, men's and women's. So, so yeah. the pack is killing it out there in other sports. Speaking of uh, the pack killing it, uh, Angie Rizzi, a sophomore here at NC State for the softball team, was invited to try out for the U.S. national softball team. Yeah, um, Angie Rizzi, like he said, those tryouts are on December 31st. So we're going to keep you guys updated if she makes it, but that is a really cool honor. Anytime you're yeah. representing Team USA... That's just cool. Yeah. I mean, best of luck to Angie as she has this tryout. So Class we'll keep of 2020, man. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on, finally, to close out our non-revenue sports, volleyball. We got to our first NCAA tournament since 2012. We played Oregon State on Friday, the uh, 10 seed in the, term, in the bracket, and we were the 7 seed. So what happened there? Well, we um we won in five sets, uh, winning the final set fifteen to thirteen. That is our first ever NCAA tournament win. Nice. We've been saying from the start of the season, volleyball is nice this year, and I mean we that lost was mostly it. you. We lost we the, started mostly five. me. <laughs> we lost in the second round, but still, um, that was historic number season. Two seed Texas, That's yeah, top 10 number team. two seed Texas. I mean, they had lost um two two matches the entire season, undefeated in Big Twelve play. Like, a true powerhouse. We lost in three sets, but, I mean, we played them very closely. It was, uh, I believe, 25-19, 25-15, and then 25-21 in the mm-hmm. third set. So, recap of the season, though, we were 10-0 and at home in the ACC. We had a program record 15 ACC wins, mm-hmm. and we got to the tournament, and we got a win for the first time in program history. And we finished 21-11, which is one of the best records in program history. And just getting that first NCAA tournament win, that's a, a great achievement. And, I mean, 
It was Julia Brown's last game. Uh, she actually won the AVCA East Region Player of the Year, and that's the first time in NC State history. Uh, Kylie Pickerel was selected to the All-Region team, as well as Julia Brown. That's our second straight year that we have had two selections to the All-Region team. Nice. So, so the pack volleyball trending is upwards. Exactly. And, you know, we're looking forward to next season. Hopefully we can get more NCAA tournament wins. All the fall sports qualified for the postseason. A couple of them got wins in, so the pack is really killing it. That's all we have for you for the non-revenue sports. We're going to talk about NC State football. So football season's <laughs> over. We finished 8-4. and four. We are in the Hyundai, not Honda, Hyundai Sun Bowl <laughs> in El Paso, Texas. So, you know, they're the whoever decided these bowl matchups were like, hmm, those NC State students, they like going to the games, do they? Let's go put in El Paso and we'll yeah. go play Arizona State. So not the best bowl matchup as far as uh, TV ratings. Arizona State's not going to garner a lot of viewers or national notoriety, but we're an early six-point favorite, so it looks I, like we'll get that W. I think we're very undermatched in this game. I think Arizona State is not even comparable to NC State, honestly. like They're 7-5 and five in the Pac-12. We're 8-4 and four in the ACC. And a top 25 team lo- right now. Exactly, a top 25 team with losses to Clemson, Notre Dame. South Carolina's a good team. Yeah. I mean, they got blown out by Clemson, but still. Wake is a bowl-eligible team. Wake, it, Wake, did they make a bowl? Yeah, they started the season like 4-0. Like, they made a bowl. Okay. Wake, right. I don't know what bowl they're in, but Wake is a bowl-eligible team, so we didn't lose to Pittsburgh. So, yeah. <laughs> so, four losses or, yeah. And then we didn't get yeah, blown. We Miami. didn't get blown out by Clemson yeah. like Miami did. I remember you said Miami would win. I remember that. Did I? Yeah, you did. I remember well, it. Well, I will eat my hat. <laughs> You're not wearing <laughs> because a hat. that was not. Yeah, exactly. I'm not eating anything. You can be wrong in this business and not have to eat your words. I'm never Sask wrong. Skip Bayless. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, so. Bowl matchup versus Arizona State. We did have a scare though, because a lot of there were a lot of rumors about Dave Doran potentially taking the Tennessee job. I don't know why he would, because yeah. Tennessee is almost the Cleveland of jobs in that coaches get fired very quickly in Tennessee, just like they do in Cleveland. Yeah, the boosters there have no patience. Like yeah. absolutely no we're patience. Tennessee and we we gotta be good right now. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Peyton Manning takes the job at this point. I would love that. that would I, w- be... I would, too. I actually would like to see that. But, I mean, they still don't have a coach. And it's, it's like... It's the SEC, man. Yeah, it's We're the, the best. Yeah, who wants to coach against, um, like, Nick Saban in Georgia? I mean, Nick Saban, Alabama, um, Kirby Smart in Georgia every single year. Not me. It's, it's kind of like... Although I would take the job, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Dave Doran turned down uh, more money to stay at NC State. Stay in Raleigh for five more years. Got a new contract. Nice. Football continuing to trend up. I'm excited. We got a, a great we, recruit in... Uh, we have the number two running back coming in in the country, either this year or next year. What what was his name? The linebacker Peyton. He decommitted from Notre Dame, and he he, no, he decommitted to, from UNC. Oh, okay, okay, yes, different place. <laughs> well, we're we're getting we're getting good recruits. Defense is going to be a completely new thing. Yeah, hopefully we have some Bradley Chubbs waiting in the wings of the defense because Chubb started out as a linebacker and worked his way up. Speaking worked his way up to wearing Mario Williams' number. Speaking of Bradley Chubb, by the way, he won the Hendricks Award as the best defensive end in the country. He also he, wore the, won the Nagurski Award. Which is the best defensive player in the country, yes. which is, of course, NC State fans know all year. Like, that's where it's at. Bradley so, Chubb was the best player in the country. Oh, no doubt. I saw a really funny edit on Twitter. It showed him holding the, uh, the Nagurski trophy, and they put, uh, they put towels in the hands Oh my of, of the trophy. That's and, like, great. Yeah, it's because like, <laughs> of course he, he was taking it. towels from the quarterbacks all year. Well, we only caught him doing it with Kelly Bryant. He's probably been doing it all year. Oh, I'm and, sure like, he has. His locker is full of quarterbacks' towels. He like, was wearing it in practice uh, the game after the or the week after the Clemson game. Even he, like, though we lost. Yeah, he's oh. got like a Clemson logo on it. He's got it in his pocket. <laughs> oh, man. You Funny got... guy, man. I'm, I'm going to miss Bradley Chubb. I'm going to really miss him, too. Hopefully he doesn't yeah. go to Cleveland. Although, I don't, I don't think he will. Playing across from Miles Garrett in Cleveland. That would, would be... actually be a scary defensive line. Yeah, they also have Jabril Peppers, honestly. and he's been um, he's been injured. So, like, I think Cleveland could be the next Jacksonville as far as acquiring talent, buying some talent, because they have a lot of cap room. They just need, like, some functional like people in the organization. That's all they need. At know. this point, I really see the Giants um, maybe taking him. 
in the with hey, one of those hey, top ten. The picks. New York media market deserves a character like Bradley Chubb. Yeah, like, exactly. They're gonna, they're gonna love him. He would shine there. Yeah, across from Jason Pierre-Paul. But I mean, I wherever Bradley Chubb goes, I'm gonna be a fan. And oh, I mean, yeah. one day maybe get a jersey. I don't know. You buy we'll jerseys see. for everyone. I don't even like that. Doesn't even mean anything. You're like you. You're like how many guy. jerseys do I have? A lot. Six. That's six jerseys. Okay, yeah, the NBA jerseys I got were all on sale. Okay, well it, they're I mean, all it, Adidas too because they switched to Nike now, so they're all cheap. If you want one, I can get you one for twenty bucks. A Nike Who for you twenty want? bucks? No, Adidas one. Oh, Adidas. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll think about it. If I had like twenty bucks, like just to spend <laughs> on a shirt that I'm gonna wear like twice a year. Okay. All right. So that was football. Chubb was killing it in the postseason awards. We're gonna play Arizona State in the El Paso Bowl. That is. Towards the end of December, I think that's December 29th or 30th, if I'm not mistaken. That's the 30th is a Saturday. I think it's the 29th. 29th? It's the 29th. It's on a Friday. So we're doing one more show Christmas. before Christmas break. So we're going to be back here next week yes. on the last day of finals. Because you and I have a final on Wednesday afternoon in the same class. So yeah. why not? That's going to be... Oh, it's that... a fun class, John. Yeah. That's, that's going to be rough. That's uh, We will update you like... next week on how that final goes. <laughs> oh, it's not going to go good. He took away the multiple choice. There was multiple choice in the midterm. Everyone did well on that, it. Like, so, I didn't do well on it. I did better I, on the free response. So. I did better on the multiple choice, and he okay. took it away. All right. Anyway, oh, well. <laughs> we're not going to bother you guys with that anymore. Student problems. Moving but. on, women's basketball, ACC Big Ten Challenge. We went up to Rutgers basketball. Up in New Jersey. Yeah, it didn't go as well as the ACT Big Ten Challenge did for the men. Um, yeah, I mean, we lost 57-53. It was a pretty close game. Uh, after that game, both teams moved to 6-2. and two. Uh, Chelsea Nelson led the way with 14. Kiara Leslie had 13. Excuse me. Um, Ashlyn Koenig had 11. But um, at the end of the day, Rutgers, they outscored us by four in the, um, in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And they won by four. Oh, the women's games divided up into quarters? Close. Yeah, women's games are in quarters. Are they eight-minute uh, quarters games, like high school games? Ten-minute quarters. Ten-minute quarters? So it's the same length as a college as a men's game. I've always want If I could play in any kind of game, I've always wanted to play in ten-minute quarter games. Quarter games, yeah, that's the way it, it was played in high school. But I always like quarters a lot more. I just don't know why, because you got four chances to hit a buzzer beater. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you got four chances to hit a buzzer beater. But the the quarters were very close. NC State led by two after one, led by one after two, and then we're down three, and then um, outscored in the third and fourth quarter by a total of seven points. So, oh well, we yeah. came back and we hosted Tulane, the Green Wave, and we took care of business. Yeah, this was a good like one of those cupcake. Um, all respect to Tulane, but this is one of those cupcake games. All where... respect to Tulane, but cupcake. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I mean, what what else can I say? The the reason that NC State schedules teams like this is to you know get in a rhythm, yeah. get more players in the game, Absolutely. get your confidence going. So like, um, seventy nine to fifty five, that yeah. will do that for your confidence. Yeah, we outscored them twenty four to twelve in the third quarter. A pretty big explosion. Uh, Ashlyn Koenig had nineteen, Chelsea Nelson sixteen, Kiara Leslie had fourteen. Same leading scores from the previous game. Uh, Wolfpack improved to seven and two. Pretty strong start to the season, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got Georgetown coming up on Sunday. Is that going to be in Reynolds? Yes, that's in Reynolds. Tip off at two. I think that's part of the Jimmy V Classic. Not nice. sure. Speaking yeah. of the Jimmy V Classic and Reynolds Coliseum, as we move on to men's basketball, yes, we'll just open up with what normally we talk about last is what's coming up next. So we're hosting Kansas City, Missouri University or University of Kansas. Missouri. University of Missouri, Kansas City, UMKC. The Kangaroos. Yeah. <laughs> We're hosting... That's amazing. The Kangaroos. I love that. The, I, kangaroos are one of my favorite animals. My brother just got back from Australia. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, they're everywhere down there. Who knew, right? Who knew that? Okay. <laughs> but I think that's, that's the Reynolds game. Yeah, that, that's the Reynolds game. If you don't know, we uh, do that annually every single year. I missed it last year. I did not get a ticket. I did too as well. But uh, we both got tickets this year, student tickets. Uh, really excited for that. That's on Saturday. So um, should be a packed house, you know, throwback to when uh, the men played games there. Should good be times, a good time. Good yeah, should be a good time. So in the men's basketball this past week, we were talking about Penn State, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Mm-hmm. You and I zoomed over to the game right after the show concluded last week. 
and we watched NC State pull out a very solid victory versus a decent Penn State team. Yeah, um, we were actually down 11 to nothing at the start of this mm-hmm. game. We were turning the ball over. Our press was, we didn't even have the we opportunity not, to press because we couldn't score. Exactly. We were mm-hmm. not moving the ball at all on offense. It was yeah. very stagnant. Very stagnant. Yeah, I mean, I remember a couple times I saw uh, Braxton standing in the corner, Freeman standing in the paint, and I was just looking at them like, are you going to start moving? We, and then, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think... The great thing about Kevin Keats is that I saw during the timeout, he called him over and he wasn't yelling at them. He wasn't, you know, um, lighting them up. He didn't put five new players out on the floor like Mark Godfrey might have done. Or Roy Williams. Or, well, Mike Krzyzewski does that. Coach K does that. Coach K does that, but he's got 10 players who can play. He sometimes puts the walk-ons out there. Yeah, yeah, but they they win. They I always think we win. have an eight or nine player rotation that we can... we we have a good nine player rotation since we got Braxton back from mm-hmm. his um, declared ineligibility. But uh, enough about that. Um, so you're talking about Keats in the huddle, even though Keats, we're down Keats eleven nothing. Yeah, he, he's down eleven nothing. Um, he looked at Sam Hunt, and I heard this in the post game interview. Looked at Sam Hunt and said, "I need you to make a shot. I need you to hit some threes. Yes. You know, inspiring, inspiring confidence in his players. Looked at Yurtsman and said, like, you know, give me some rebounds. You know, give me some points. And give that's me some something rebounds. that Yurt has been a lot better this year in rebounding and defensively blocking out and blocking shots. Now he is. Yeah. He protects the paint this year, and that's great to see from him. He doesn't force anything on offense, and sometimes fans will get angry with him for that. Yes. Like, You're seven feet tall. Because they don't understand the game of basketball. Yurtsman is, if not our best player, certainly our most talented player. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he's our best player. He just I think it's perfect where he is coming off the bench. And then at the end of the game, he's usually in the um on the floor for the final two minutes. I really I really like Yurtsevin on offense a lot this year because he doesn't force anything. He yes. he is really incredibly patient. Yeah, he has a really good jump shot and he only takes it when he's open. He he finally uh took a three. Like even last season, the games that I was at he did not take any threes, just about I know, he, but pregame he's just training them. Yeah, I, don't under- I think yeah. I think Yurtsevin is going to be an awesome pro player. I really do. I, I think yeah. he's going to be a lot better pro player than he is a college player because his, his game is going to translate. Yeah, it's more so spacing well. on the floor for one. Mm-hmm. It's more one-on-one basketball, and I think Yurtsevin has some really nice post moves. Speaking of post moves, Lenar Freeman has gotten like just leagues and leagues better than he was in the past on offense. Yes. I mean, in the South Carolina State game, another win later he, in the he's week. He's money from free throw, too. Yeah. That's what I think is uh, very important. It's good to have five players who can all hit free throws on the court. Yeah, and when we were trailing versus Penn State, it was mostly when we were having a small lineup of either just Freeman or just Yurtsevin in there. And Mm -hmm. Penn State, despite conventional wisdom, stuck with their two bigs out there, and we were not able to rebound. So we had to play Freeman and Yurtsevin at the same time, and that's when Sam Hunt made two threes, I think, to open the scoring for us, really got us back into the game. Sam Hunt reminds me of Andre Dawkins, if you guys remember him. I remember him. Just incredible range. And that's like about like all he really brings to the table offensively. He's yeah. he's a really he's really a true three and D guy. Yeah, you know? he doesn't. I like Hunt because he doesn't force it unless exactly. he's feeling it. Like yeah. if you're feeling it, I'm all for forcing it. If, mm-hmm. if you are feeling it at night, you pull it. I don't care where you are. He had 14 points on six shots. That's about as efficient as you can get, especially as yep. a three point shooter. He shot four for five from three, zero oh for one from two, and then two free throws late in the game to help us clinch it. Uh, Torin, yeah, he got us in the game, and then Yurtsevin took off. He had mm-hmm. 17 points and 11 rebounds. Torin Dorn, I love him as a player because even when he's not feeling it offensively, he is working harder than anyone else out, Absolutely. There, out there on the floor and just grabbing rebounds. He went out and got 12 rebounds. That's a career high against Penn State because he was just having a bad game from the field. Yeah, you know? he didn't score. Still making an impact. He didn't score until late in the second half mm-hmm. on some free throws, but he was still working and working. Markel Johnson kind of got a little bit in the doghouse after an early turnover. Yeah, yeah. I he, saw your um, uh, coach Keats pulled him out after a turnover, and then about five minutes later, put him back in, and he got careless with the ball, turned it over again, and Coach Keats done. took him out until the second half. Yeah, it was at least the ten minute. He didn't mark, even start mostly. the second half. Yeah, uh, Bats played more, which was since Beverly's come back, Bats has played a lot less. Yes, because Beverly has proven to be really good at running the offense. And he doesn't very, turn the ball over. Yeah, very mm-hmm. calming, and Bats is very, very aggressive, but sometimes a little bit out of control. Yes, but Bats played well. Oh, he has yeah. a really weird jump shot, but he was two for two <laughs> for three. He's, it's like he catches at his knees, holds it at his hips, then brings it up, then jumps, 
and then releases. It's almost like a two-second release. I'm exaggerating, but it is a really long release. I think you're exaggerating a little bit. It's just it's it's a little um unconventional. Yeah. Just because of the way um It doesn't how, look good. We'll it's just say how that. high he gets yeah. off the ground, which makes it pretty unblockable, if you will, especially when he's three feet behind the three point line, which in the first half we were trying to get something going. Um, it's like the first time he got the ball, yeah. he just pulled up. Yeah, no one Nothing put a hand in his face. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, it wasn't real. <laughs> yeah, it was a really nice shot. Yeah. It was two for two. It doesn't look good, but it goes in, which is when it looks best. Yes. And <laughs> Freeman didn't do a lot in the first half. Lenard, and he comes on in the second half, is always grabbing rebounds, and he gets the buckets when he needs to. I think this team, I, what I saw, I think at home, I think we will compete against anyone in the country, including Duke. And because, Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of our press defense, and that was part part of why we got down early versus Penn State. Didn't score, couldn't set up our press defense. Mm-hmm. So when we can do our press defense, we have Sam Hunt hitting shots. Yurtsevin is is doing what he does. I think we have the pieces to be really good. Late I agree in the game, with you. We were up three. We needed a bucket. Al Freeman. I'm not the biggest Al Freeman fan because sometimes he will bring the ball down and not pass it and try to do his own thing. I think Al Freeman's a walking bucket, and I think like. A, li- a little bit of the time, like, um, I don't know. I think you see Al Freeman and you see how he doesn't really pass the ball as much. Yeah. I think that's just, I think that's what we need him to do, honestly, because he, can, he's one of the players that. who he's going to take a lot of shots, but he's still going to score a and lot of points. You know what? He gets better when he's scoring. I'll say yes, this. When he yes. is not hitting the shots, he Microwave doesn't. Microwave player. Yeah, he doesn't really play as well. He gets into this rhythm, and late in the game, we were up three. We needed a bucket, and it was just one-on-one. Everyone went to the mm-hmm. corners. It was four corners, and they said, all right, Al, give us a bucket. Yep. And he just pulled up from a long two, conventionally a bad shot, but the defender was giving him so much room. His money it was a mid-range. good shot. It's a good shot to take. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of clinched the game for us going up two possessions there with under a minute. Who, do you, who would you want taking the last shot? Game oh. tied. Oh, uh, are we talking about a set play out of bounds? Because I take Sam Hunt. But if it's like one-on-one, I'm taking Al Freeman. I'm taking Al Freeman regardless. Uh, I, want, I want Al Freeman either driving to the basket, pulling up from mid-range, or taking a corner three. Any of those, honestly, in my opinion. Yeah, and he's a very, he's like I said, calm and collected player. Beverly's a freshman. He's calm and collected. Uh, Freeman is very calm. Like when you see, I think that Keats places... Uh, importance on those players like just being uh methodical almost sometimes whereas the running and gunnings like johnson and bat sometimes he doesn't like as much but i think we have a really good team and we hosted south carolina state later in the week there was mm-hmm. a scare with uh one of their oh, players yeah. mm-hmm. on the bench there yeah ty solomon uh in case you didn't hear his heart actually stopped mid-game and the athletic trainers um brought him back and saved his life and i just um that's incredible. It, it was awesome. I mean, I, he was. I saw the news. I was just, you know, immediately started praying and just. I mean, he's yeah. doing all right. He went to the hospital and, um, you know, been talking with his teammates and his coach. And his teammates and coach actually voted to continue the game. And uh, NC State ended up winning one hundred three to seventy one. But uh, most importantly, we're glad that Ty Solomon's doing better. Yeah, I just that. you know shout out to the athletic yeah. staff. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. As in yeah. lifeguard training, you know, of course you teach CPR and one of the things they tell us is, you know, CPR isn't like the movies. The majority of the time if a person's heart stops, you're not going to get them back most of the time with CPR and you got to get an AED and anyway, the fact that they were able to get him back that was really really awesome. Mm-hmm. So No doubt. NC State basketball is really doing well in all facets at PNC Arena. Yes. Yes. Let's move on to professional sports. Mm-hmm. Talk Carolina about the, Panthers. Ugh. Uh. That loss on Sunday against the Saints, uh, 31-21. I just think, I don't think we're matched up well with that team. I really think we can beat just about any team in the league. A couple of crucial plays on special teams, though. Yes. Punter dropped a, a punt. and then He's been a great had, punter all year. And I know, then, he's really, really good. I don't know good. what happened on that play. He almost completed the pass to Colin Jones, which would have been called back, but yeah. <laughs> still would have allowed us to punt again. Yeah. Then, it was a pretty pass, but it came off a complete drop. And then of the Kelvin, ball. Kelvin Clay, he giveth and he taketh away. The next week, last week, he got Kalen us that, Clay. Kalen Clay, yeah, got us mm-hmm. that touchdown that really clinched it versus the Jets mm-hmm. when we needed a spark. And we just got a three and out after failing on fourth down, and then he fumbled it away at midfield. That was really the backbreaker for the Panthers, and the Saints were able to score. Almost yeah. got the onside kick. Almost. I, I still think we did. I think that. Okay. When Funches threw the ball back, he 
he was out of bounds. But I think he had possession beforehand. Before going out of bounds. I think he had the ball, he went out of bounds, and then threw it back. And I don't think they, I mean, I don't think we would have won if we had gotten the the call. But still, I mean, you'd like to have that opportunity, especially when you have a beautiful onside kick and you recover it. I, I would say that I think it's kind of like the catch rule in a little bit is how long did he have the ball? Sure, there's these still frame shots of him. He had him. it long enough to throw it back. Kind of like a push it almost. He, I don't know if he really had possession. Mm. Interestingly, fair enough, though, fair enough. the ruling on the field was that he had the ball. And yes. we recovered the onside kick. Yeah, so. but the what they did was that they, they examined whether or not he was out of bounds. They didn't examine possession. That's true. That's true. So they only re- they they didn't do their job. They're supposed to review all facets of the play. They only reviewed one. Yeah, especially since it wasn't a challenge. The, game. the Saints no, had no. won it. Yeah, yeah. Their their rushing game. Um, Alvin Kamara, man, uh, that man. dude was killing me on the fourth down. Shaq Thompson just laid it gotta on wrap, him. Got to wrap it up. Um, I wrap I don't really up. blame Thompson because sometimes you you wrap the player up and he pushes through you yes to get to the goal line so I, I think if he had wrapped up Kamara then uh, Kamara would have pushed through I feel like. could have stopped him because Keekley couldn't get there in time with uh, I don't know I'm just not gonna blame Thompson I mean he's that just much. an incredible rookie yeah yeah honestly. that was just a, a better offensive play good one of the defensive biggest things Thompson. for me was like I mean Thomas Davis was playing hurt and it seemed like every single play was designed to go at him. And yeah. I love Thomas Davis to death, but he couldn't make a single play on Sunday. I don't remember his name being called that much. It's a shame that he wasn't 100%, and we didn't yeah. have Greg Olson. He'll be back against the Vikings, though. Practice fully Another today. Another big game. Talk yeah. about the Panthers' schedule. We have the Vikings. We have the Packers. I'm Who pretty might sure, get Aaron Rodgers back? I'm pretty sure we have the toughest schedule in the league, to be honest. Right I mean, now. We, we get the, the last four. Yeah, no. For the whole season. The whole season? We get the Saints twice. Oh, we yeah, get the Falcons the NFC twice. Towns. We get the yeah. Eagles the best team in the East. We get the Patriots, the best team in the AFC East. Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Packers with Aaron Rodgers. I actually think win percentage, we have the toughest strength of schedule. So final four games, we're going to go, we're, we're playing the Vikings, Packers with Aaron Rodgers, the Buccaneers, and the Falcons. Yeah. Three playoff teams potentially right there. And we're the Falcon, comp- That Falcons game in Week 17 could be to decide the wild card, and it's going to be in Atlanta. Ooh. But a few years ago, we had a game to decide the division, yeah. and we won 34-3. to so. I was at that game. Really? Yeah, oh, with, yeah, you were. Yeah, you yeah, were. With yeah. my uncle and all my cousins, they're all Falcons fans, and he, he can get tickets to stuff like that because mm-hmm. of his job, and it was, it was cool. great. Predictions against the Vikings, Ben? Oh, I don't know. Is, is it at home or away? It's at home. Okay. I think... I think that our run defense will be a lot better when we're at home. Because okay. That was something that was really... That was I. You knew New Orleans would move the ball against us. I yeah. was just disappointed to see that level of success running the ball against us. And all year we've been a really good run defense team. Yeah, it's McKinnon and Murray. They're not. They're not uh, Kamara and Ingram. Yeah, I think if Minnesota, I'm not going to give you bo- like outright predictions, but if Minnesota gets more than 100 yards of rushing offense, I think we're going to be in trouble in this game. Okay, that's and fair. I don't know how we're going to cover Thieland and Diggs because despite what John Gruden said. Worley is not our best cornerback. We don't even have a best cornerback at this point. Bradbury is still good. He's not been playing good. He gave up a lot to Michael Thomas, and Drew Brees wasn't even throwing the ball that much on Sunday. I he, he I, lo- I love Bradbury, plays. but I think Bradbury did not get beat deep by Ted Ginn, and I always give props to any cornerback that can and can box out Ted Ginn on. You a don't deep have ball. to guard Ted Ginn on you, the long you, ball; he'll drop it. <laughs> he didn't even allow him a chance to drop it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Bradbury but. is a good cornerback. Worley is streaky. He'll get you a pick six or get beat for a touchdown sometimes. Covering Thielen and Diggs will be really, really difficult. Yeah. They've, they've I, think been the we best win, duo. I think we win 16 to 14. I think Thielen and Diggs both get a touchdown, <laughs> but I think um, we hold them outside Do we of the big extra place. point again? No, I think we get three field goals. I think their, their red zone defense is really tough. I think Greg Olson's going to get a touchdown in his return. Other than that, it's going to wow, be a, a grinded out Bold kind of game, three field goals, something like that. You know, pretty. Well, it's going to be an ugly game, but I think we're going to win. I feel very like close Case one. Keenum is a good quarterback right now. I think he's a top ten quarterback in the league right now. Yes, but like we're talking future years, I don't think so. And I think well, he's twenty nine. Bridgewater's twenty five, so I think they're probably going to try Bridgewater at the end of the season and see what they think. Well, they, do you think they'll keep Keenum over Bridgewater? Uh, potentially, yeah. Over one year, Keenum's been a, a perennial backup. Yeah, but uh, Bridgewater's only had two real years of and uh, of like starting as the Vikings' quarterback. hasn't really had that much success. Well, he was honestly. good. 
he wasn't this good. But we'll see. We'll see. I think yeah. I said this about Wentz when he when the Eagles played us. I think the inexperienced quarterbacks don't do as well against us defensively because if the, we're really if the Vikings good. get to the Super Bowl, they're going to keep Keenum. Oh, probably. No matter what. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think hopefully Keenum will have an off game, throw a couple interceptions. Luke, I hope so. <laughs> Luke Keekley's going to have his number. Really hope so. I love it when every other play they're like Mike's fifty nine, Mike's fifty nine. Yep. And then the one time Jameis Winston didn't call it out, he threw a pick to, inter- to Luke Keekley. Oh, I love Jameis. Oh, uh, God goodness. I'm being I sarcastic. Oh. I think Jameis is the worst starting quarterback in the league. I've never liked Jameis when he was at Florida State or in the NFL. Let's move on to picks, though. Oh, yeah. My Ooh. favorite topic right now. My favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite. My favorite, too. Me and Benjamin are tied. Yay. 17 to 9. Yay. I was once down eight games. Maybe. That was true. And now I am back. No, not maybe. Definitely. That, that's definitely true. I was yep. I was thirteen and three at one point. And yep. now now I'm seventeen and nine and I'm tied with this guy. But good thing for me, he's <laughs> making bad picks this week and I'm making good ones. All right. So who's your upset of the week? I like the Rams over the Eagles because it's in LA. I mean, they don't have the greatest fans there, but still, I mean it's in Eagles to lose sunny two California. straight. Yes, mm-hmm. on the road in the a- in the NFC West. MVP Prince Harry is going to lose two straight. You really think so? MVP? Yeah. I mean, that's what he was before he lost to the Seahawks. How are we going to like lo- make him all of a sudden he's not good? I think it kind of depends on his game. To be honest, I think how he responds after a loss against another um, and you don't think really it's going to be good. NFC team. You think I, losing? Oh to no, the Rams. I think he plays well, but I think the Rams are going to win. Playoff wise, I think it helps the Panthers for the Eagles to keep winning. Yes, absolutely. Uh, because the Eagles are already the number one seed, really. Well, number one, if the Panthers are going to be the wild card, I think we really want to avoid the Saints in the first round. Yeah. So we need the Rams to be the four seed. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because I think we're going to be the five seed over either Seattle or um, Atlanta. Or Atlanta. Yeah, one of those two. Green well, Bay Seattle, might come in the mix. No, too. Atlanta has the tiebreaker between Seattle. Is Atlanta's in the playoffs right now? No. No. They're yes, seven yeah. and five. Okay, yeah. Yep. But uh, Seattle's up. How about your game. upset pick? My upset of the week is the 49ers over the Texans. Dilly dilly. <laughs> Jimmy G is starting. So that's why. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he played very well. Honestly, I, good. I mean, I agree with that pick. I was uh, going to say. I probably should change it now. Uh, You're just playing mind games with me, John. Yeah. Who's your lock of the week? <laughs> um, I like the Jets over the Broncos. Because the Broncos are garbage. That's all I'm going to say. Just go- okay. <laughs> Hot take there. Hot Bronco- garbage. Of all, right. I hate the Broncos. Go ahead. <laughs> of course I do as well. I mean we're Panthers fans. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Even more. My lock of the week is the Philip Rivers led the true NC State quarterback led Chargers. Amen. Over the Washington Redskins. I will premise that with the fact that Washington does play well versus good teams. Washington will go lose. To the Browns potentially. Yeah, but are the Chargers a good team? Because they're six and six. Oh yeah, that's right. They're only five hundred. It's not like they're four and two. You know, since the last they were zero and four. No, I I love. Yeah. I know. I know you're being yeah. sarcastic. Yeah, <laughs> you agree too. The Chargers. Yeah. I love it when the Chargers are good because Chargers are rolling after a tough win last week against the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Anyway, Chargers are going to win next week. I'm going to go two and zero. Finally. I'll lose John and All hopefully right. win this competition. Let's go must start, must sit for fantasy really quickly. All right, my must start of the week is Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo versus the Texans defense. Understandable. I like Robbie Anderson, the Jets wide receiver. He's been on a roll recently uh-huh. against the Broncos. You benched him versus Panthers a couple weeks ago when I was playing you in fantasy football. That's because I don't like to 35 pull fantasy against points, the... man. Yeah, I'm in the playoffs and you're not. Oh, Who's okay. your sit him? Well, I must say it's Julio Jones because he got me four points last week, and he's not going to do well tonight versus the Saints because the Saints are going to win versus the Falcons. So my, sit Julio Jones. My must sit is Kareem Hunt, not because he's again? bad. Yes, again. Not because he's bad, but because I think the Chiefs are idiots. He's averaging 10 to 9 touches a game over the past four weeks. Got to hand the- it to Alex Smith more, John. Got to give it to Alex Smith to win the game. Yeah, but I mean, Alex Smith played well last week. He averaged 70 yards a rush. But <laughs> one rush for seventy yards. But um, got to give the ball to Kareem Hunt. I'm sorry. And you're it, saying they're not going to. So we I don't should think they're going. Him. No, I don't think they're going to at all. I think the Chiefs. They might go six and ten the way they're looking right now. Same thing happened last year, though. Yeah, I guess. 
So next, well, I wonder if next year they start five and zero. We're like, hey, the Chiefs, hey. We do this every year. I know. I, At least I, one team does it every year. Last year it was the Vikings. The year before it was the Falcons. Oh yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Or was it the Falcons last year too? No, oh, the, no, the they before. went to the Super Bowl, dude. <laughs> and they lost twenty-eight to three. Good times, good times. They didn't lose twenty-eight to three. Well, they they blew the twenty-eight to three lead. That's true. Yeah, that's the best part. Anyway, so moving on to the NBA, the Hornets, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, they're 9-13, and 13, they're 11th in the Eastern Conference. When there's good stuff to talk about, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Dwight Howard had a great crossover the other night, if you haven't seen that. Dwight Howard's uh, probably our best player right now. He's been balling out. Yeah. I Kemba mean, Walker just came back from injury, and he was playing very well the other night, mm-hmm. uh, scoring like 12 points in the quarter that I watched in the okay. third quarter, so... Kemba and Dwight are playing very well. Malik Monk's not getting the minutes since Batum came back. I'm still mad at how much we're playing, paying uh, Nicholas Batum and Marvin Williams. Marvin Williams is good, though. If we don't trade... E- I know you're sarcastic. If we no, don't he trade- is. I'm not being sarcastic. Stop it. He's really good on defense. He's he terrible always- on offense. He has the jump shot and the dunks, man. Frank Kaminsky should not start over Mar. I mean, should start over Marvin Williams. I love Frank. You're, you're, look, you're look, tearing me up here. Listen to me. With how much we're paying Howard, rightfully so, um, we got to trade Batum and we got to trade Marvin Williams. For what? What piece do we need? Draft picks. Draft. Okay, fair enough. Draft picks. I mean, I don't know. I'd really love to see. Like, I mean, I'm MKG trying to think. is another player that they're talking about. Like, I've heard people talk about maybe the Hornets are going to move on from we him. Do, we just need more offense. That's like, I mean, MKG does not provide offense. I'll tell you what, I heard an interesting stat the other night. We're last in the league in turnovers for the last four straight years under Steve Clifford. So wow. that's Hornets basketball. So maybe we're not meant to be an offensive team. We're always good on defense, and we always keep control of the ball for a good portion of the game. Yeah, adding Dwight Howard didn't help to our turnover well, I mean, turnover amount. I, I mean, I love Dwight. I think he's great, but like, you yeah, know, he's having the best year since six he was turnovers yeah. a game. Eh. Wait, really? No. Dwight? Oh no, it, it feels like it. I think oh. he's averaging about three, maybe four turnovers. His free throw a game. shooting's gotten better as of late. Yeah, uh, like absolutely. better than it was, which doesn't mean much. Yeah. But Hornets play the Warriors tonight. Steph Curry, he's going to be out for a few weeks. Actually, he turned his ankle the other night, oh, waiting man. on MRI MRI results. And Draymond Green also listed as questionable for tonight's game. Like, I don't ever um, wish a player to get hurt, but I'm like not upset that Draymond Green's not playing. Oh come on, <laughs> he still might be playing. Oh and man, we'll probably lose. Honestly. Dude, if we win, it'd be so great. That's my hot sports take. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> <For> everything. <laughs> if we win, it'd be so great. Yeah. So I heard um, from Del Curry talking about on the Hornets broadcast that Steph's just, he's going to stay in his own room from high school. That's what he's doing. That's going funny. <laughs> that is really cool. I wish I had my room from high school. My brother moved all his, he moved my stuff out, and I sleep on the couch when I go home. <laughs> anyway. That's funny. That has been Packers Life Sports Show. We're going to be right back here next week, despite it being finals, because we love y'all, and y'all love us, I hope. Thank you so much for listening and making us a part of your day. Follow us on Twitter, at NCSU. Tune in next week, and uh, good luck on your finals, y'all. Bye.